perspective of an IOC veteran on the Corona medical crisis for the Olympics. Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm ATR editor Ed Hula, your host for this podcast series. Our guest today is perhaps the most outspoken of the 100 members of the International Olympic Committee and its most senior member, Richard Pound of Canada. In February, he suggested that the IOC would have to make a decision about postponing or canceling the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo as a consequence of the coronavirus. But he said the decision could probably wait until the month of May. But this month of March, however, has brought the parade of cancellations of major sports events around the world. And while the IOC tried to maintain that it was still too early to make any decisions, the sports body was growing increasingly isolated. When IOC President Thomas Bach said that the IOC would consider alternative scenarios, Pound spoke up again a week or so ago, claiming that the postponement of the games now seemed certain. And just days later, the IOC and Tokyo 2020 announced the postponement of the Olympic Games, the first time that's ever happened in the annals of the modern Olympics. Richard Pound joins us by phone from his home in Montreal in Canada, where he's in self-quarantine following a visit to Florida. In your 42 years on the IOC, have you seen anything like this before? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, even before I got on uh, the IOC, we had the, the, you know, the Montreal boycott. Uh, we had uh, you know, the, the Munich uh, uh, disaster and, you know, whether the games would be canceled or not. Uh, and then we had the Moscow boycott. So there, there, there's always something simply because the Olympics are so big and so universal that uh, everybody uh, tries to use them uh, for for good or for bad, as the case may be. But they've never gone to a postponement before until until the decision this week. Um, that's and, right. And, that, that's our first postponement for sure. Yes. And a month or so ago, you were making comments to the effect that, well, the IOC could consider postponement, could consider cancellation, but it doesn't need to do that until later on, maybe in May, given that the games were still four months away. What, what happened to accelerate that in the thinking of the IOC? Well, I, I, I think for a while there was some hope that, uh, you know, with the, the, the change of season, and so forth, that the uh, the progress of this uh, virus would uh, slow down and and perhaps uh, uh, even start to uh, disappear, and and it sort of the the, the curve was flattish for for quite a while, and that gave some you know hope to the uh, the uh, idea that it might uh, dissipate, but uh, in the last uh, week or ten days. Uh, the, the curve has turned up uh, dramatically, and it's, it's becoming precisely the pandemic that uh, everybody feared uh, from the beginning. Uh, what, and what about the the actions of other other sports bodies to cancel their events, big and small? Did did that put the IOC in a in an isolated position? 
Well, isolated in in the sense that that uh, you know the the professional sports and other events were were actual. They were they were on on at the time, uh, whereas ours is not. Ours wasn't going to start until the end of July. So, uh, while well, the people uh, whose whose uh, feet were in the fire immediately had to uh, react, uh, the IOC did not at that point, and and so they they were watching and and uh, trying to make sure that they had reliable data on what was actually going on and waiting uh, to, to see what would happen. And I think that was a, a sensible approach to take at the time. Well, still hoping that the, uh, the curve would flatten out and, and start to diminish. And, and, you know, you, you saw that uh, even in China, uh, you know, the, the lockdown produced uh, the desired outcomes in, in Japan well, they got off to a kind of a slow start. Uh, nevertheless, uh, they seem to be controlling the uh, virus um, in Japan. What overtook everything, of course, was what happened in the rest of the world. Um, you know, you talked about other other crises ahead of the games. You were involved with uh, Seoul in 1988, where there were some real serious doubts about whether the Seoul would be safe from violent protests, uh, whether the North Koreans would would flood the capital city during the games. Um, and, and this what you, you what you went through ahead of the 1990, 1988 Olympics is still nothing compared to what we're facing right now with uh, the coronavirus. No, that, I mean that, that that virus is really an existential threat to uh, the entire planet. Whereas these other things, while serious and and, and uh, games focused uh, in particular, uh, were um, you know, they, they were relatively uh, localized. So it was uh, serious for us, but uh, perhaps not so serious for the rest of the world. The Salt Lake City vote buying scandal in the late 1990s, uh, another dark period for the IOC that, that, that threatened the IOC as an organization more than the Olympic Games themselves. Yes, for sure. I, I think that uh, that's exactly right. And, and the way we, we handled that was, was to, first of all, to acknowledge that the, the conduct of some of our members was was totally inappropriate and we disciplined and, and uh, expelled uh, a number of members for that conduct and, and used the, turned that, that crisis into an opportunity to, to do a whole bunch of governance uh, improvements that probably would have taken years and years and years uh, had there not been a crisis. So out, out of, uh, even out of bad things uh, come good opportunities. Uh, you said earlier this week uh, in uh, talking with uh, our colleague Stephen Wilson that, that everything is solvable in terms of this postponement, but uh, it is still going to be a, a massive undertaking. Um, what do you think will be one of the more difficult challenges uh, to fix for Tokyo as they move forward? Well, it's... It... <laughs> There's really the, almost the full range of, of organizational issues that that, uh, that any organizing committee faces, but a, but a much tighter timeline. I mean, just if you start on the venues, um, as you know, there's been a 
particular effort in recent years to try and avoid having white elephants uh, in Olympic facilities that are unused after the Games. So uh, Tokyo was, had that very much in mind. And the, the problem is, what's are these facilities that would normally have been uh, disposed of or, or otherwise used, uh, you know, by September 1st of this year, uh, are they going to still be available uh, for Olympics, uh, say, a year later? Uh, are, are there, will there be hotel rooms uh, available uh, in uh, 2021 that were all reserved for 2020? Um, you've got the you know the transportation system has to be reactivated. The, you have to find uh, find or, or maintain an Olympic village for an extra year. It just tons and tons of things that uh, that have to be uh, rejigged and and uh, reinvigorated, reinvented, uh, or substitutes found. It'll be a, a massive undertaking, but uh, uh, once they get into it, uh, we've seen the, the Japanese are very good at organizing things, and I'm, uh, I'm confident that they'll find a solution to whatever the problems may be. Who will pay for it, I guess, will be one of the issues moving forward. Um you know, Tokyo probably feels it's it's already put a lot into this project already, and it seems would be going to the IOC for for assistance to make uh, to to pay the bills for these changes. Well, I don't know what uh, discussions uh, may have taken place already or or, or will in the future. Um, it's really not uh, anybody's fault. Uh, that this has um, developed. It's certainly not the IOC's fault. And I know that the IOC uh, has provided, uh, as you know, a, a considerable amount of uh, financial and other support to uh, to Tokyo, as they have for other organizing committees. And, and uh, that support will remain in place. The, the, the television revenues will be deferred uh, by a year, but uh, they'll still be uh, available next year. And the uh, sponsorships will continue. I, I'm quite confident, and so uh, I think everybody will try and do the, the its or their uh, share of what is uh, required to make this work. Yeah, so they will require help from the cooperation from the sponsors, the broadcasters, the federations, the national Olympic committees, uh, the family, so to speak, has got to work together to fix this yeah to figure out how to go and and that of course would the the, the cost would have been a factor in the Japanese decision to uh, agree to postponement uh, in fact even to re- request it in the circumstances um, and so they know there's a, there, there will be some cost they've, they've got you know staff to uh, retain for an extra year or whatever part of the, that year is, uh, is appropriate. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that have to be uh, sorted out, but the, uh, in requesting a postponement rather than a cancellation, uh, Japanese knew that there would be some, uh, some, some cost implications uh, of that kind of a decision. And as far as uh, the broadcasters go, um, certainly fitting 
uh, a new a new schedule for the Olympics into their schedule is uh, is one of the crucial issues here. Um, just how do you go about negotiating the the IOC negotiating with the with the networks as far as the schedule when to have these games? Will the broadcasters have a lot of say in what's the appropriate time to reschedule? Um, I'm sure they will be asked for input on it, but um, as you probably saw from the uh, the response of uh, the rights holders, uh, they leave all of the sport decisions to the IOC. Uh, they don't they don't try and interfere in that. Uh, where they where they're helpful in uh, in um, bringing about some changes in the schedule. Uh, is uh, I, I remember we'll use your example of Seoul uh, because the IOC is not a, a television-based organization. Uh, they didn't pay much attention to the the juxtaposition of, of uh, particular events, and I think it was NBC at the time came and said, "You know, you, you've got uh, the boxing finals and the basketball finals um, almost overlapping." And um, if, if you were to move the you know the boxing back an hour and the the basketball forward another, we can show all of the finals uh, of both sports, and you'll get better audience and better exposure for your kid. And so the Olympic uh, organizers sort of slapped their foreheads and said, "Well, of course, you know why, why didn't we think of that?" And the answer is, they're not in the business of of the uh, programming and, and scheduling. So in that sense, they can be very helpful uh, in improving our, our exposure and uh, of the athletes and the sports, but they don't uh, interfere in the, uh, in the macro uh, decisions and for, for, you know, take NBC for next year, uh, you know, if, if it's at the same time, which is probably as close to ideal as you can get for uh, non-interference with other sport uh, programming, um, they, they simply defer uh, the expenditure on, on, on rights uh, by a year, and uh, uh, but uh, generate the, the same advertising bubble, and, and, and therefore uh, the anticipated profit uh, for the games, and particularly when it's back in uh, Tokyo. Any implications for the Olympic Channel? You now are. A- Chairman of the board, I believe, of uh, of uh, Olympic Channel, and uh, no, I, I was on I was on the board. I was never the chairman. Okay. I was chairman of, of Olympic Broadcasting. Olympic services. Broadcasting. Okay, let me redo that again. Any implications of the Tokyo delay and the operations of uh, Olympic Broadcasting Services, which uh, maintains runs the host broadcasting operation, a massive massive operation during the games um four months away four months away from the olympics we're being told to well cool your heels for a year well for for uh obs that's uh, you know that's simply a, a deferral of the uh, the work and the uh, and the related costs uh, but um, for, for Olympic uh, Channel services, uh, there's a wealth of new, fascinating material to be um, to be uh, gathered and, and uh, broadcast. I mean, the whole 
issue of uh, postponement, uh, how that decision was reached, what the implications are, uh, how everybody's going to be picking things up on the first bounce and how Olympic athletes are going to be able to get back uh, training for uh, an event uh, a year later rather than uh, something uh, truncated by the the, the uh, effect of the virus. I, there's a, a wealth of, uh, of fascinating material there. I, I think uh, you can probably look forward to some some splendid programming. IOC member Richard Pound is our guest on this edition of Around the Rings Radio as we talk about the unprecedented decision of the IOC to postpone the 2020 Tokyo Olympics due to the corona pandemic. How would you rate the job the IOC is doing so far? I, I think on balance, and it, it's you know we're a little close to the uh, the history to to have a real judgment on, but I I, I think. It, it did the right thing uh, at the right time and then for the right reason. So um, it, it would have been irresponsible to react too soon uh, in case the, the hope for flattening of the uh, the curve did occur and, and that it would be safe to go to Tokyo. But And, and so they waited and waited until they got uh, definitive information from the uh, World Health Organization that no, indeed, this, this curve was not flattening, it was steepening. And um, that, uh, in, in conjunction with the, the Japanese authorities, uh, the decision was made that it's, it's much better to postpone than to cancel. And, uh, I mean, the, which the IOC could easily have done, uh, you know, it would, would have been within its, its uh, legal right to cancel the games. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if you can have a second best situation, which is a postponement and still have the games uh, for this entire generation of Olympic athletes. Uh, give them enough time to train now because a lot of the training has been interrupted because of the, uh, the uh, antivirus measures. Um, you, you get a, a pretty good second best uh, option. And uh, so I, I, I thought it was well done. I think the, uh, the Japanese, uh, took some convincing to understand that even though they were controlling uh, the situation in Japan, uh, it was raging out of control. It was like the, like the fires in Australia uh, last season. All around them, the, the world is in tatters, and, and they simply wouldn't be able to go to Tokyo for the game. So once they realized that, uh, the postponement, postponement option uh, became relatively attractive compared to cancellation. So I, all in all, I, I think uh, history will be uh, uh, kind to the IOC in, in, in the sense of the, the the measured pace at which this uh, evolved. And then when, when the uh, figures were unmistakable, uh, they were able to act very quickly to say, oh, okay, we're going to postpone and, and work with the Japanese to, uh, make sure they were happy with that because of course you can't impose a postponement on anyone you can impose a cancellation but uh, both parties had to agree on the postponement the ioc president had a teleconference with ioc members this week to talk about the situation um how did that teleconference go i mean are are, are do the members 
all on board? Do they understand what's going on? Are there are there questions that they have? Well, I'd say um, that not all of the members had equal knowledge uh, of the developments and, and the progress of the uh, situation. So, uh, a good part of the the conference uh, yesterday was to uh, go through the entire uh, scene and, and what happened, so that everybody was on the the same informational page. Uh, there was a very high degree of uh, solidarity, if you like, and, and uh, approval of the uh, of the outcome and uh, the means by which the outcome was achieved. Uh, there were a few operational questions that obviously need to be asked, but uh, for the most part can't actually be answered yet because the uh, discussions uh, are just beginning. But uh, all in all, it was uh, I thought it was a, a, a good idea to have had the conference and uh, Worked surprisingly well uh, on, you know, for I think we had 84 or something members on the uh, the call from all over the world. It was uh, it was very interesting to, to the to the point where one of our members uh, suggested that we should have our session this year uh, done uh, electronically as well. And this is one of the effects of the uh, Corona countermeasures: the way people are meeting, conducting business. Um, you know how how are you and other members of the IOC adapting to this new way of conducting business uh, without meeting face to face, without flying around the world for meetings? Well, it's it's not the same as a face to face meeting. Where I mean the 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 interaction that that comes from you know the the, the session being uh, held uh, physically is is uh, is better, but it's surprisingly good um, uh, done electronically as well. I mean, smaller meetings are better than larger meetings, but uh, it, it worked uh, worked very well. You can you can manage the uh, the calls and the uh, and the interventions uh, remotely uh, very well. I was I was agreeably surprised at how uh, how smooth it went. Is it, do you think, uh, an option to consider having the, the session, this year's session, which was to be in, in Tokyo on the eve of the games, um, uh, electronically, digitally? Well, I, the, the suggestion was made, and, and I think it was taken on board. Uh, again, that's not a decision you have to make uh, uh, today, but uh, I would say from the... Uh, the prognostications about the spread of this uh, virus that we're not going to have a face-to-face -face, uh, session uh, this year. And so we'll either have to have an electronic one or simply defer it until uh, next year. You ever worry that this could take even longer to, to fix than a few months, a few weeks, that we could be dealing with the, the threat of, of this uh, coronavirus well into 2021. Well, I mean that's a a, a possibility, and, and uh, it's got to be in the back of everyone's mind. But uh, let's let's see. We we're we're a year away, so uh, let's uh, hope that uh, it, it does get under control and that uh, the vaccines become available. And that, you know that the, the uh, to use the word again, the existential threat to the uh, to the world. 
is um, is alleviated. And looking looking ahead here, do, does this medical crisis have any lessons for the IOC and other other international sport bodies um, for for sport in general? Any any kind of takeaway from this that is going to change the way the Olympics are done, change the way other events are staged and scheduled. Well, the problem here is, is 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 not so much how you schedule and, and run events as, as the existence of crowds, and and that's that's how the this virus uh, was spreading. And and so the I, I don't think you can you know put in your host city contract uh, that you thou shalt not have uh, uh, a Big pandemic. Crowds. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think folks will have to look at that. Um, I mean, this is clearly, it's, it's not the first pandemic that has ever occurred, and it's not going to be the last, but it, it, it certainly has been the most, uh, uh, most vigorous spread of, of a virus that I, I think anybody has uh, experienced, uh, probably not since the Spanish flu back at the end of World War I. Uh, has there been anything on this scale? Tokyo Olympics were supposed to be the Olympics of recovery for Japan. The, the torch relay was supposed to begin yesterday in uh, in, in Fukushima at the center of the uh, the uh, earthquake uh, from 2011, uh, but not it, you know it's it, it's it's not happening. Um, the uh, you know the 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 changes this this virus has has caused has i think you know perhaps made everybody think think twice about what's what's really important sport or human life well there's there's certainly no argument about the ordering of of, of that I, I think probably the biggest lesson is that when these things start you've got to respond immediately and and forcefully to uh, keep it from spreading. And I think a lot of uh, people in a lot of countries did not take it seriously and, and did not do anything to diminish the speed with which it, it spread. And, and, and there's a price for that. So uh, I, I think the, the, the biggest lesson is, is being prepared and, and acting decisively uh, the moment something breaks out uh, to prevent the spread. And that's the big lesson. I don't think it's so much a sport lesson as a life lesson. And finally, for the athletes who are hoping to compete in uh, in Tokyo this summer, uh, what do you what do you say to them about their dream deferred and um, you know what it means for them to have well maybe another year of preparation? Well, you, you say to them uh, that's you know half a loaf is better than none. Uh, you will get your chance. Uh, it, it'll be it'll be deferred a bit. Uh, it's it's you know we, we, uh, athletes face that kind of disappointment uh, on, on many occasions, particularly with the Olympic boycotts. Uh, but at least uh, while you're disappointed uh, uh, this year, uh, it's not because uh, there's some political testosterone at play here. This is something that affects the entire world. And you're you're doing your part by uh, uh, by not uh, participating in something that might 
increase the risk to the world at large. So it's uh, it's not a perfect solution by any means, but it's it's the best that was available. You could not go ahead in, in July. You don't want to cancel them, so you defer them. And uh, you get if, it, if it's done at the same time next year as it would have been this year, you, you get back into your training cycle and you you you, you simply peak uh, a year later than you had expected to. And life goes on. And life goes on. <laughs> That's what we hope. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Pound, uh, IOC member, senior member of the IOC. Thanks very much for joining us today. Always a pleasure. And thank you for joining us on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. We'll be bringing you more perspectives on the postponement of the Tokyo Olympics, as well as the impact of the corona pandemic on Olympic sport in the weeks ahead. I hope you'll be following us on ATR Radio. For more than 25 years, your best source of news about the Olympics is AroundTheRings.com.